abrupt intro ending. What's up? It's the John Cast Podcast, episode 68. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast, and it's brought to you by me and Julio in Madison off Fish Hatchery Road, Margaritas, Tuesdays and Thursdays, anyone? Yes, they've got specials on that, plus wine Wednesdays and monthly food specials at me and Julio. It's a fantastic place. Go bring the family. Go have a margarita. You know, it's it's fun for everybody, and they've got great food, like I said. I just had the BLTA the other time I was there. Last time I was there, it's fantastic. It's Get it with a side. I got it with a side of fruit. Um, you can get the bang bang chicken or bang bang shrimp tacos as well. Me and Julio in Madison. Also brought to you by Ian's Pizza with three locations in Madison and three in Milwaukee as well. And go to Seattle and Denver. They got Ian's Pizza out there, and they're always changing up their slices. Um, last time uh, I went to Ian's Pizza, my daughter got the mac and cheese pizza, and we walked around State Street, and it was a beautiful night. Um, so Ian's Pizza is the place to go. And Ian's Pizza and this podcast have our latest promotion. I am giving out. Tickets to the college football and volleyball home openers plus one year's worth of Ian's Pizza to one lucky listener. Now, you can enter in a multiple number of ways. Last podcast, I had you DM me uh, a secret word or code or phrase, I guess. Uh, it's kind of what it's turned into. But you'll also have opportunities for even more entries on retweets or likes. And just watch my social media on Twitter at John Audius Radio or at John Cast Podcast, on Instagram at John Cast Podcast, on Facebook at The John Cast Podcast. And uh, I'll instruct you on what to do to gain, gain even more entries. So this week, if you want another shot, another entry, um, all you got to do is DM me once again on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook, and just try to spell ayahuasca. All right, just send me the word ayahuasca, and that'll get you in for another entry into this uh, college football and volleyball home opener with the tickets and the one year's worth of Ian's Pizza. Ayahuasca. Now, don't Google paste it. I just think it's funny because I've been trying to spell ayahuasca for this episode, and every time I just went to Google, it's like, okay, how do you spell ayahuasca? And I corrected it. So that's the uh, keyword, I guess, for for this week. If you want another entry into um, into the giveaway, all right. So uh, Aaron Rodgers on the Aubrey Marcus podcast recently went on there, and he uh, you know told the world about his use with this um, psychedelic drug ayahuasca. Which, by the way, if you listen to me on the radio in Madison when I had the job on the radio. Um, I call it this. I, I'm not going to brag, but I am going to brag probably right now is that I call this. Remember, he went on that trip to Peru. He went on the AJ Hawk podcast and AJ Hawk was asking him about that trip. And Rogers had mentioned shamans and Hawk kind of jokingly nudged at him and said, you know, um, you doing ayahuasca and the Rogers reaction. That's the first thing that kind of, what are you doing? What are you, you know, the antenna, antennae, antenna, my antenna went up. And I said, oh, well, that reaction by Rogers was a little, a little wonky, a little weird. He never really said yes or no. And he just kind of laughed it out, laughed it off rather. And so I said, that's weird. And then I remembered a podcast that his girlfriend at the time, Danica Patrick, was on. And she was asking Joe Rogan about, you know, have you ever tried ayahuasca? And she seemed very curious about it. And I thought, hold on. His girlfriend's asking about it. He's going to Peru. Um, AJ Hawks kind of joke. And I'm like, this guy. And, and add on top of that, you know, remember he comes back, this is 2020. He comes back and he's totally different in the media. He's like this thoughtful and kind of kind and a different perspective, a grown up perspective on, you know, the whole Jordan love deal. And I was like, and his whole perspective kind of have changed. And I, I put two into the, I called it and the point I went on the radio. I called it. There's some people who may have been listening who heard me 
But anyway, the point is this, he had this experience with ayahuasca. So I thought I'd try to inform Wisconsin sports fans, what is this substance that Aaron Rodgers used? And by the way, following his usage of that and his changed perspective in life, one back-to-back -back MVPs. So I'm hoping today's guest, who is Dr. Rachel Harris, she's the author of Listening to Ayahuasca, New Hope for Depression, Addiction, PTSD, and Anxiety. I hope maybe she can shed some light and kind of inform uh, my listeners on the drug, the substance that Aaron Rodgers recently spoke about. So let's start the John Cast podcast. And today's guest will help fill us in on that substance that Aaron Rodgers talked about in the Aubrey Marcus podcast. Psychologist Rachel Harris, Dr. Rachel Harris, is the author of Listening to Ayahuasca, New Hope for Depression, Addiction, PTSD, and Anxiety. And she joins me now on the JohnCast podcast. Rachel, how are you? Good morning. Thank you so much for, for doing this and, and kind of filling in our sports uh, listeners in on what Aaron Rodgers talked about in that podcast last week. So I guess I'll just kind of start with a basic question. What is ayahuasca? I, ayahuasca is considered a medicine by the indigenous peoples of the Amazon jungle. So that's Peru, Brazil, Ecuador. There are different tribes that use it uh, for pretty much any kind of medical complaint. So it's really used as a medicine. People line up for a clinic to drink ayahuasca. Mm, and it's made out of tree bark, is this right? It, and leaves? Well, well, that sounds that sounds weird. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a tea. Okay. And it's from two plants that are found in the jungle. And when anthropologists first experienced this tea and had, you know, visions and a psychedelic experience, they asked the indigenous peoples of all the plants in this incredible jungle, how did you know to mix these two plants? Because their interaction releases DMT, which is dimethyltryptamine, which is the psychedelic com uh, compound that, that makes for the visions, that makes it psychedelic. How did you know to mix these two plants out of all the plants in this jungle? And the, and the indigenous people say the plants told us. So that tells you right away there's something going on that's beyond our Western understanding. The plants told them which ones to mix, how to boil them, how to boil them for 24 hours. I mean, it's really quite a discovery. It's beyond what would be a random discovery. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of makes you think about what other combinations of plants might be out there, perhaps that we haven't even thought of yet i'm not sure but so you mentioned the the well, psychedelic that's absolutely true and the amazon jungle is really considered a pharmacy and it's the shaman who know how to use the different plants yeah now you mentioned it's a psychedelic kind of a hallucinogenic so uh, aaron Rodgers used this on one of his recent trips i believe uh peru or costa rica um so he was at a fancy resort in costa rica okay a fancy resort okay so you probably you know because there are different places that yeah. that westerners or that tourists will now go to 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 use this and i do want to talk about that in a little bit but you talked about that effect so what what does it do we know exactly what's going on what what it does to to someone who uses it well, well there's there's been what's called a psychedelic renaissance so there's been a lot of research going on and what they find with the psychedelics um mostly they're researching psilocybin and it's difficult to research ayahuasca and i'll explain why but um, what they find is that these psychedelics quiet the default mode network. And that sounds fancy. It's a network in the, in the brain. 
but we all know what it is because it's that little voice inside that says, you're not lovable, you're no good, you're not good enough, nobody's going to love you. It's that sort of, you know, looping, you know, it loops, it repeats, and we all have that voice inside our head. And the psychedelics quiet that negative critic inside of us, and it allows us access to other parts of ourselves. And if you, you know, I listened to this interview that Aaron Rodgers did, all two hours of it. And if you, if you listen to it and hear the number of times he uses the word perspective, I changed perspective. It gave me a new perspective. I shifted perspective. When the default mode network, that voice inside is quieted, it allows us to look at things differently. And mm. that's what he's describing. Yeah. And you talked about that podcast, the Aubrey Marcus podcast that Aaron Rodgers was on that kind of shook up the sports world, especially in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, a little bit. Yeah. Because here's the two time back to back MVP. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won multiple MVPs. And he's admitting to doing something that I don't think anybody else in the, in the sports world has come out and specifically said while they were playing. And the fact that he did it, then the next two years, he was the best player in the league. Yeah, um, yeah. so, so your impressions more of, of what you kind of, uh, what came through to you from that podcast, what else did you, did you like? Well, you know, my confession is I didn't know who he was when you, <laughs> when you emailed me. So I Googled <laughs> him and, and, and what was interesting to me is he gave credit to ayahuasca for his, I guess he considered his improved performance or his winning the MVP. And so I thought, well, you know, how does, how does that work? How can a psychedelic taken, you know, months ago or whatever, how does that improve his performance on the field? And what happens is when we quiet that inner critic, we're able to perform better no matter what our job is, because we spend a lot of internal energy dealing with these negative things we say to ourselves. So if that's a quieter voice or if it's even a positive voice, then we can, you know, we can do better. And a lot of the sports psychologists work specifically on dealing with those negative messages, messages that we give ourselves because they're debilitating. And I think, I think that's what he means when he says it helped him. Yeah. He talked about how he was way more free at work as a leader. And that probably gets to what you were just saying, right? Is that, yes. yeah. Any hesitations he may have, he, he kind of, um, you know, let those go, at least for now. He's, he's more free of his inner critic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He also talked about having an intention as he went in um, to the ceremony. Um, is that something that's popular when using ayahuasca? And, and how important is that intention? He said, I wanted to feel like pure love, what pure love feels like. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's actually part of the protocol used in the research studies. So having an intention, a purpose, a, a sacred or psycho-spiritual purpose, uh, this is different from taking a psychedelic and going to a concert and my purpose is to have a great time. That doesn't seem to be therapeutic as, as we sort of know because you know people did that a lot in the 60s and it didn't make the world any better. So. Um, even the even the academic studies looking at psilocybin and LSD, they all work with preparatory thera therapy sessions where you clarify what's your purpose, what do you want out of this medicine. And so one of the most healing experiences is to experience that kind of cosmic love. 
as, as one person said, I felt like I was rocked in the arms of God. And, and this was a study of psilocybin with um, terminal cancer patients. So this is kind of a serious thing. And she said, I felt like I was rocked in the arms of God and I'm an atheist, but that's the only way I know how to describe it. So it is this overwhelming experience of cosmic love and it's very healing. Yeah. And now, what's unique about ayahuasca is there's kind of a relationship with which in in the indigenous world, it's the plant spirit. So this is the other side of the plants told us which plants to mix and boil and that people feel they have a relationship with the spirit of ayahuasca and that they feel love in in that relationship. That's very healing. Yeah. And even after the fact, right? I, I was listening it to one lasts. of your podcasts, like after it the lasts. fact, it lasts. How long does that, like, because that was one of my questions. How long we was don't know. that don't know it's, we don't, it's different with different people and yeah. if you you know the research studies are 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 totally different from the way people actually use the psychedelics in their own lives or certainly in the jungle they use it as medicine so maybe th there are repetitive uses the academic studies are looking at a three-month protocol and that's it and that's maybe two or three psychedelic sessions but in general, people use ayahuasca over a lifetime and they might use it a couple of times a year. They might use it every other month on a retreat three times a week. So there are different ways of doing it, but there is this sense that this relationship stays in, in, your, in your energetic system. And the, the best book title, it's not mine, I'm insanely jealous, but it captures this, is Ayahuasca in My Blood. There's this sense that I'm permanently changed down to the cellular level. This is not a scientific statement, but it's a lived experience statement that I feel like I have I have ayahuasca with me, helping me. Yeah, even Roger said he came back from the ceremony and knew he wasn't going to be the same, but uh, I kind of guess with these multiple uses that sometimes people do, like you were just describing, one of my questions I had, is it safe? No, I can't say that it's safe. I mean, it's it's generally safe, but you know, the warning I want to give is that people go down to the jungle and they don't know the shaman and some of the shamans are not very ethical and they've taken advantage of especially Western women who are maybe alone with them or they've been sexually abusive even during the ceremony because the ceremony is in the dark. So the, the medicine itself can be safe, but the, there are many variables beyond that. And so you have to be very careful if you travel to the Amazon. And then the other thing is, who's, who's the shaman? How experienced is the shaman? Is it a real shaman? Because Westerners are leading ayahuasca ceremonies underground in the States, but they're not necessarily real shaman. And the, the healing is facilitated by the shaman singing and the way the shaman can use energy through their singing. And that takes six or seven years for an apprentice to learn how to do that. Mm. Now, Rogers talked about in this uh, trip to Costa Rica um, that he had, I think, about three nights of doing that. In a, is that typical to have a, a three on a night? Retreat. On a retreat, on a retreat, that's typical. It might be three nights in a row. It might be three nights in a week. It's typical. So that mm. there's a, you know, a, one shaman I've, I've been in conversation with, with a translator said, 
you know, we have to clean you out to, to make room for the medicine to come in. So basically he's saying, you know, the first ceremony or two, he's shoveling crap out of you, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. literally. So they're cleaning you out and then they can go in and um, heal. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's really their life's purpose is to help and heal. And my point of view is we need help. Yeah. The Western world needs help. Yes. Yeah. So how long have, I'm, I'm interested because you talked about um, some of the first questions about like, how did you, when, when they went to the shamans or the, the local people, like, how did you know about this? Do we know how long, do, has anybody ever looked at like how long we as humans have been using this? Well, we don't know for sure, but that, you know, anthropologically, they have found biological remnants in, in mm. vessels and that sort yeah. of thing. It goes back maybe six centuries. It's been in use in the indigenous cultures for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and, so and we don't know how long psychedelics in general, in general, have been used even in Western culture. At the Eleus at, at the at Eleusis, you know, the mystery schools in Greece, they're looking for remnants of psychedelic plants in in the urns that they used mm. in the mystery schools. So it goes back many centuries. Many centuries. Now, you uh, had a study of ayahuasca use in North America. You, uh, when I emailed you, you, you sent that along for me to read, and I did. Um, did you? Yes. <laughs> it's a so, research article. Right? A research article. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so what stood out the most to you when you were doing this? Well, you know, the people reported um, there's a, a lifting of depression. So they, they feel better about themselves which is kind of one of the things, I was in private practice. I'm a researcher and a clinician. So I was in private practice for 35 years. And one of the things you look for in therapy is somebody doing better, Do they are they less cruel and toxic to themselves inside? Do they feel better about themselves? Do they kind of give themselves a break, kind of just be a little kinder to themselves? And are their relationships with their loved ones, with others better? And people reported this after, you know, it was a very uncontrolled study. I just asked people who had um, done one ceremony of ayahuasca, but I got these amazing results from 81 people and that they, they were better interpersonally. They felt better about themselves. They had less anger and resentment, less toxic feelings. Mm -hmm. So it was quite remarkable. Yeah, just the success it has for depression and anxiety. I mean, that all goes goes together, right? Yes. Yeah. And how successful did you do people say that is for them? Well, they do they do say it lifts and and the research shows that there's uh after a ceremony the person's serotonin level goes up and that's what the antidepressants do. They raise serotonin level. And, and by the way, that's another warning. If you're on any of the SSRI antidepressants, do not drink ayahuasca. You can not You can have a, a serotonin overload, an incident. Mm -hmm. So there are real uh, medical issues and, and warnings. And don't ever go into a ceremony where someone has not interviewed you about your medical history and what medications you're on, because you, you need to know that you're being taken care of well. So people do report a lift um, in their mood. So they're less depressed and it lasts, the serotonin levels last at a higher level for about three weeks. And what's interesting is there are ayahuasca churches in Brazil and people tend to come back to ceremonies or church 
church meetings and drink ayahuasca as a sacrament, they tend to come back every three weeks or so. So they mm -hmm. keep, and you know, people, well, is, are people getting addicted? No, you don't get addicted to psychedelics. And even if you need to use it regularly in, in a sacred setting of some sort, it's still less regular than people take SSRIs every morning. And there's also no side, I mean, the side effect of ayahuasca is, I, I mean, I immediately called it the fountain of youth. I, and, you know, my joints felt lubricated and I mean, it's not an easy journey, but it's, you do feel much better the next day. And that's not true of all the psychedelics. It's not true of MDMA where you can feel crappy the next day or even LSD where you can feel just wrung out and tired. Yeah. With ayahuasca, you really feel rejuvenated. Now, I realize this is a schedule one drug, and this is probably the, the answer to what I'm about to ask, but with some of these um, studies, with the numbers that you're talking about, with how people have been saying that it helps them and every three weeks, if you were to do something like this, um, do you foresee a day where, where people could use ayahuasca in this sense we could do you foresee that day in the future or is that just a pipe dream in my psychic ability there are, <laughs> some, there are some towns and counties that are um i i forget they're legalizing plant medicines mm -hmm. so they're legalizing ayahuasca mushrooms you know uh san pedro cactus they're legalized but that doesn't mean the federal government has agreed to it or the state government has agreed that it's legal so everything is still underground so mm -hmm. it it you know, maybe things will shift, but there's less research on ayahuasca. And I want to explain why, because the, you know, to legalize something at a federal level, you have to go through the federal drug administration. And, um, you know, one, one academic group wanted to do a study. And so they were, they were preparing it the way the studies have been done in Spain, because Spain has done a good bit of research. And what they do is they freeze dry the ayahuasca, the, the tea, they freeze dry yeah. so they can um, control the amount that you're getting and they put it in a pill. And they wanted to do this in a sacred setting with a shaman and the shaman looked at the pill and they said, there's no spirit there. So they wouldn't participate in the, in the study. So you mm -hmm. see it's a different, um, different context for this medicine and it's more difficult to, to study it in a scientific yeah. way. Because yeah. every shaman makes a different brew with a different intensity and well, and even even in that podcast, control. in that yeah, in that podcast, they talked about it was thick tonight. Yes. Uh, Aubrey Marcus had mentioned it's a thick one tonight, or or something so of that they, nature. So they know some brews are are more intense than others. Yeah, it's so, very difficult to control the intensity for for uh, research purposes. Sure. How popular is this with veterans? Oh, you know, I, I, I go to a lot of conferences and meetings and when the veterans present, I get my Kleenex out. I mean, they are so, they've suffered so much. And um, what they talk about is that this one presentation was at UCLA and they showed a photo of their medicine cabinets with the, the prescribed, the doctors, I'm sorry to bash the VA this way. The doctors at the VA, these are veterans, they prescribed to one guy 20 different medications. Nobody should be taking 20 medications who's still walking around. So you see this cabinet full of medications and the, and the guy said, we used marijuana to get off of all these prescription drugs. Once we were cleared of them, we then went to the jungle to do ayahuasca for the healing. 
And, and then they said, and then we come back and we work on ourselves every day. And that's the key. It's not like you go to ceremony and you're now, you know, a, a much better person all of a sudden. You have to also follow up with your own psycho-spiritual work. So it's, there is no miracle cure. It's what you do with it after the ceremony. Yeah, that's it. And, and, and what's his name? Uh, Aaron Rodgers talked about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how is this, it, in what ways do you see, do you feel this is different than other psychedelic um, drugs or substances? Cause you had mentioned some other ones like psilocybin and everything like that is, are, are all these, because a lot of people still use this for some of the same reasons. So in what ways is it different and what ways is it similar? Well, it's really, it's really the context of ayahuasca that's been so okay. different. Yeah. And and because it's so difficult to control the dosage and the amount, but the context over these centuries has been a sacred healing context, and that's quite different. And and then it's used with these um, with the what's the shamans sing songs that are ikaros, they're chants, mm -hmm. and that's that's the healing even more so than the medicine itself. And even some tribes. Um, the patient does not drink the ayahuasca. The shaman drinks the ayahuasca to connect with the universal energy. And then the shaman sings to the patient who is um, sober. So there's healing that's going on that we have no way of understanding. How is this working? And I have to say, I had a ceremony where I did not drink. I was post-op abdominal surgery. So you know, it's very difficult healing when you're cut open. <laughs> and um, the shaman sang to me and I could feel the song going into the whole inside of my abdomen and pelvic um, girdle. And that's, of course, where the surgeon had been. He, he just completely opened me up. And so it was the the Icaros that, that was healing. Now, this is not true in any of the other medicines. And, and we have no way to study this, to measure how does this work? How do we know what's happening? Yeah. But what I'm saying is this is why it's so important. You go to a, a legitimate shaman who knows how to channel this healing energy because that's as important as the ayahuasca tea. Now, uh, you know, I read of celebrities who have used this, and I'm sure there are countless ones. Will Smith was one that came to mind like 14 times. And, Can we um, talk about this a minute? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. This is a great example of someone who used it. I think, you know, this is not a pleasant journey. This is not a fun, you know, you don't take ayahuasca and go to a concert. You, you lie on your mat and you, you know, you hope there's, you can make it to the bathroom. So this is not a fun experience. And so you only do it for the healing. And so, you know, he's obviously not an enlightened person or he wouldn't have socked. Um, Chris Rock. Chris Rock, thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, so it is what you do with it after. And that's a great example because there is nothing that's going to turn us into Mother Teresa. It's We have to work with it after. And I, you know, I'm... I retired now, but I spent 35 years in private practice as a psychotherapist. And so I tend to believe psychotherapy helps and it really helps integrate these exotic 
and sacred experiences that people have and to translate, translate them into daily life. So you know what to do when you have this anger welling up in you, as I guess Will Smith did, and that he would have some measure of awareness to not go up and attack Chris Rock. Yeah, he might I need mean, to go back for a 15th time, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's what you do afterward that is right. the key. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's funny because when I did read Will Smith, the first thing I thought about was hitting him, you know, sucker punching Chris Rock or slapping Chris yeah, Rock. thank you. And I thought to myself, okay, well, maybe he didn't learn as much during his his use as some other people. But my point with Will Smith and other celebrities and now Aaron Rodgers, who afterwards wins two MVPs, I, I wonder, is that is that good for the, the future of ayahuasca that... Um, you know, I don't know. I don't think this starts a revolution with athletes using this. Maybe it does. Maybe athletes say, hey, you know, I got to get my stuff together and maybe I can perform better at my job just like Aaron Rodgers did. And maybe he starts some sort of revolution within the sports community with this. But is that good for ayahuasca in general that that you get celebrity attached to it or is that bad? Well, I don't think Will Smith is a great model, unfortunately. Right. I mean, and I, you know, I hope as a therapist, I would say, I hope he's gotten some help. Um, and that's really not related at all to ayahuasca. I, I don't know, you know, what will really help is if we, if we really respect the sacred container that the indigenous tribes have used this medicine in so that it's not used just for personal aggrandizement or, mm -hmm. you know, Silicon Valley is doing a lot of microdosing so that they're more effective in their jobs. Well, that's, I don't know if that's going to make the planet better. The, the question is really, what's going to make a difference in our culture, in, in our worldwide um, survival on this planet? And ayahuasca is particularly connected to the natural world because it comes directly out of the jungle. And so it opens people up generally to being more ecologically minded. And that's good for ayahuasca and it's good for all of us. But the question is always, what do you do after the ceremony? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Uh, final question for you, because you mentioned it, you know, it, it comes from the jungle. So um, has your opinion about plants in general changed? Just because I, I think it must be strange to, to, because you've used ayahuasca, obviously you've talked about <laughs> it, but like, um, I think it's strange to think that like there's a plant that can impact your life. So many people say that impacts your life and it comes from the earth. It comes from the ground. Have your, has your perspective, like you just talked about the earth, has your perspective on like plants or nature and everything changed? Well, now, now you've asked a question I've struggled with for almost two decades. Okay. Because this is not a Western point of view that the plants that, that I, I hear the voice of grandmother ayahuasca, that I hear the voice of the plant spirit, that, you know, I was not raised with that. Right. And um, so that's a struggle for me to accept that. I mean, it's been my experience and it goes against everything. I have a Western point of view. But, you know, there's a scientist who is a, a botanist and she went and drank ayahuasca and got very specific instructions on how to do the next study using peas. You know, she's measuring plants. And so she followed the instructions she got during her ayahuasca ceremony and had some breakthroughs in her research. 
Wow. I can I can send you the you know the title of the book. I forget her first name, but the last name is Gagliana. She's an Italian scientist who's working in Australia, and she was open about how she how she was given help by ayahuasca to design this new study. And of course, it hurt her scientific career, but her results are so strong that she's making a comeback. Um, but <laughs> we don't have a Western way of understanding this. Yeah. So I struggle with this. I'm a Western product. You know, it's even even where there's scientific data that shows it was helpful. It's still mind blowing, basically. Mm. Well, Rachel, thank you for jumping on the podcast today and kind of explaining a little bit about what- uh, well, I what, hope it was helpful. Oh, it was very helpful with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers used in, in Costa Rica. Um, and uh, I really appreciate you taking, you know, 30 minutes out of your day to, to join sure. me to talk about it. Well, it's thank fun talking with you. Okay, John. Bye-bye. All right. That is Dr. Rachel Harris, once again, the author of Listening to Ayahuasca, New Hope for Depression, Addiction, PTSD, and Anxiety, if you want to go check out her book. Thank you to everyone who's um, been listening to this podcast, who's helped support this podcast. Remember, a rate and review on Apple or Spotify really, really goes a long, long way. Sign up for my newsletter at johncastpodcast.com. Send me this week's keyword for another entry. It's your shot at college football and volleyball tickets for the home openers in Madison and one year's worth of Ian's Pizza. And all I want you to do is DM me on Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook. Just send me a message and just write ayahuasca. That's all. I want you to try to spell it. No Google searching. I want to know how many people know how to spell ayahuasca because I think it's funny because every time I try to spell it, it's like me trying to spell on Tentacumpo is what it is. That's exactly what it's like. I never, you know, in all my time of covering the Bucks and Giannis, and every time I would do an update and there's a story about Giannis Antetokounmpo, I would never write out his name perfectly because number one, I just needed to know how to say it. So I would always start like A-N-T and I would just smash the keyboard because I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't have time to go look up Antetokounmpo. And I still don't know how to spell Antetokounmpo. I know how to spell Giannis. But anyway, just write ayahuasca. Uh, in the message and you'll be uh, have another entry into the giveaway for the tickets and the one year's worth of Ian's Pizza plus keep track of social media because I will have other ways that you can enter um, just by you know retweet contests like contests uh, and and so forth so uh, once again thanks to Rachel Harris thanks to Ian's Pizza three locations in Madison three in Milwaukee check them out thanks to me and Julio for sponsoring this podcast as well just on Fish Hatchery Road in Madison go out there and I don't, you might see me out there sometimes. I like to go out there. I like to go have a margarita and I like to go check out their, their tacos. I usually just get like two tacos a la carte and the margarita, but sometimes like I tried the BLT the other day, BLTA rather the other day with the avocado. It's fantastic. So go check out me and Julio. And once again, sign up for that newsletter and we'll have more podcasts later this week, working on some fantastic guests. So once again, thank you for listening to this edition of the John Cast podcast.